0: Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. It's more than just a podcast. It's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room. Listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup, recovery, storage, cloud, and security. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and on this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I have a conversation with Malcolm Halker, head of data strategy for Prophecy, a master data management software company focused on delivering enterprise-grade MDM capabilities through its master data maestro software. Malcolm is a thought leader in the field of master data management and data governance. He has consulted some of the largest businesses in the world on their enterprise information management strategies. And as the head of data strategy for Prophecy, his goal is to empower companies with the confidence and knowledge needed to become truly data driven. And in this episode, we discuss what master data management is and why it is something that CIOs need to be focused on and how MDM and data governance enables data protection. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, Malcolm. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well, Demetrius. How are you?
0: I am doing well also. And uh, why don't you just start us off by explaining, I guess, your role and uh, your brief history over there at Prophecy.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to share uh, the insights with your, uh, with your listeners. your Uh, My title is Head of Data Strategy with Prophecy. Prophecy is a MDM, Master Data Management Software Provider. My primary focus is as an MDM evangelist within the market. So what that means is is that it's my job to share insights, to share best practices, to share uh, tips and tricks about how to optimize investments in MDM and data governance, right? The the whole idea behind my role here is that a a rising tide will lift all boats. And we would love for those boats to be prophecy customers, but it's okay if they're not as well. So I'm very active out on LinkedIn. I'm uh, launching a podcast myself. I'm active on multiple podcasts like yours.
0: And and
1: really kind of sharing insights uh, around uh, how to get value out of MDM, how to get value out of better data management. So that's that's what I look forward to talking with you uh, about today.
0: Awesome. Master data management. It's not a conversation that I have often. Hopefully you will explain what that is so our listeners will understand, you know, what is that category? What is master data management and why is it something, especially CIOs, really, really, really need to be focused on in 2022?
1: Yep. So master data management can be a little confusing because it is both a noun and a verb. It's both a thing. It's a software solution. You can go buy it. There is a Gartner Magic Quadrant uh, that I was a co-author of for the last three years. There is a Gartner Magic Quadrant for MDM software. It's about a $1.4 billion software space. So it's, it's, it's a solution. You can go buy MDM. But in, inherently, MDM is a discipline. It's a business discipline. It is a way of managing data. So the whole goal of MDM is to provide for the semantic consistency, the structure, the quality, to maintain and, and optimize the value of, of an organization's data assets. So, so at the core, MDM is about breaking data silos. Right. So, so over time, organizations will naturally evolve and create a lot of different data silos. The classic example that we see is data that exists within marketing systems like a CRM or other marketing or sales function systems and data that we see sitting in more financial centric systems like an ERP. Let's take customer data, for example. So customer data is classic MDM, it's classic master data, because master data is data that is shared widely across the organization and needs consistent naming, needs consistent definitions, needs consistent quality standards. Because if your CEO asks, how many customers do we have, there can really only be one answer. But getting back to that notion of sales data versus finance data, what we see when it comes to customer data and other sets of data as well, is that the definitions over time can naturally evolve to be different. The way that marketers look at customers can often be different than the way that finance people would look at customers. And the same is true for an asset or location, or maybe even something like more of an IT centric thing like a host or host name or server, right? All of these things uh, could be considered master data because they need to be widely shared and they need to have consistent definitions. But where over time, often those definitions of those quality standards will start to differ within an organization. So you can think of MDM as this as this discipline that is built to break the natural silos that will evolve over time within an organization to allow for consistent definitions, consistent structure, consistent quality standards uh, so, so that you can have one answer when the CEO asks how many customers do we have?
0: Yeah, that's pretty fascinating and I'm, I'm just thinking like, what's the best way to wrap your arms around all of your data? Because there's so many different applications out there. There are SaaS applications living in the cloud. Um, and believe it or not, there's still custom applications and in-house applications. I mean, there's still a lot of wonky pieces of software sitting out there. What's the best way to plug in to all of these different interconnected data pieces where data flows in and out of the organization?
1: Well, we can look at this kind of, oh, and by the way, totally agree. I even actually still talk to companies that are running mainframe.
0: Yeah, yep. I believe. <laughs> right? yep.
1: There's, there's, there's still even mainframe mm-hmm. out there. So there's data all over an enterprise, whether it's in the cloud, whether it's not in the cloud, on-prem, running on a server under somebody's desk, yes. But I, I think a good way to look at this is both from a physical perspective and a logical perspective, right? And MDM requires both to be resolved. Right? So I will often talk to a lot of data leaders and they'll say, oh, well, I built a data lake. I built a data warehouse, so I've solved for MDM I, I've, because I put it all in one place. So putting all the data physically in one place is step one. Right, Putting that, that shared data. And by the way, we're not talking about all data. Right? We're not, not talking about all fields of customer data. We're not talking about all fields of asset data or location data or product data. Master data is a subset of all of your data because that subset is what the data that does need to be shared that needs a consistent definition. So I work with like ridiculously large companies where their their customer master record is like fewer than 15 fields. But putting all that data into one physical location or potentially virtually connecting it all together we could have a conversation about data virtualization versus like, you know, physical data replication and movement. But but putting it physically in one place or virtually in one place where you can access it in one place, that's step one. But there's a logical layer here to MDM that is required as well, which which really kind of when you peel the onion on it, will solve for that. There are business rules that need to be implemented that allow you to solve for Joe Smith, Joseph Smith, J.J. Smith. Is that one person or is that three people? and what are the business rules that will be applied to the data to give you the confidence to know that you're answering that question correctly. right? So yes, putting the data into one location where you can access it is is step one, but the more important thing here is step two, that kind of that logical layer, a semantic layer, we could say that's one thing, but it's not just semantics, it's data quality, it's other things as well, that would allow you to implement and manage and configure business rules to answer the question of how many unique customers do we have or how many unique products do we have or how many unique locations do we have? So the more important part of MDM is that logical layer that allows you to set and manage and configure business rules to answer some of those questions related to how many of something do I actually really have? Is it accurate or is it inaccurate, right? So MDM is actually very good at looking at data sets and applying business rules to say, okay, wait a minute, this is incorrect. I'll go make a call out to some third party data service or maybe even some sort of like location data or IP data or geospatial data to allow that, that data to be used as a reference source to say, aha, this address is incorrect. Or this person's name maybe is incorrect or these other attributes are incorrect. So MDM is 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 a physical consolidation data, but it's also more importantly, more of a logical data management layer over top of a subset of your core enterprise
0: data. Well, one thing I wanted to ask is, how challenging is this is, does this something is this something that requires like artificial intelligence and machine learning does that enter the picture at all for mdm
1: oh it most certainly can right so there there is a spectrum of complexity when it comes to some data right on one end of the spectrum you have data that is easily Uniquely identified, where there are there are unique identifiers that are universally agreed upon as identifier. Generally, we would call that reference data, right? We're not going to argue that there is a there. There are 50 states, and there are two identifiers that are unique and that CA equals California, right? There are weights, measures, dimensions. There's whole other sets of data that have consistent governance rules, consistent business rules that are typically applied to it that everybody's gonna generally agree. Yeah, okay, we agree on this weight or this measure or this dimension or this attribute. That's one end of the spectrum where there's reference data that has consistent business rules that is applied to it. and Everybody will generally uh, agree to, to those standards, right? Then kind of next on the spectrum is is data that can be easily identified, right? I'd use the example before, maybe a host name or a server name, or even an IP address. Again, easily identified uh, that there are standards that are applied to it that, 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 that there's not a lot of confusion as to, okay, is this host name, this host name, or is this IP address, this IP address? on the exact opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> is, is data generally that is created by humans or managed by humans where error can come into play often. right? And we see this most typically when it comes to customer data, right? where maybe a sales rep is typing in data into a system, or maybe somebody is hand typing in data into a system, or maybe for whatever reason, somebody wants to consciously try to obfuscate who they are. And not expose a lot of data about themselves. So that's, that's one end of the spectrum when it comes to MDM, which is you know, largely it's customer data, but there can be other data where human beings are often entering in things or where there, there can be error can, can enter in. And I gave the example of Joe versus Joseph, right? Both are accurate, right? My name's Joe or my name's Joseph, but they can mean the same thing right? So, so in that end of the spectrum, things can actually get pretty complicated. The algorithms that run within MDM software to try to do what's called entity resolution or identity management, this would be very relevant from a, from a data protection perspective. Uh, who is this person? Is this person, is, is the information here accurate? Is it consistent? Does it conform to our data quality standards? Particularly when you get into very, very large data sets. So your question was about AI and ML yes Uh, when you get into particularly large data sets when you start talking about the movement of goods or people or money on a global basis right and where where there's a lot of data and where you have to figure out where is this coming from where is this going to uh, in a world where we are actively sanctioning certain governments or certain people or certain transactions uh, figuring out what those transactions are who those people are associated to those transactions can be a very 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 difficult and extremely compute intensive process where ai most certainly can play a role because often in those worlds and those use cases you're not just looking at that record you're actually looking at other transactions to, that are associated to that record right so this can very very quickly become an x to the n type operation where increasingly use of ai ml a uh, graph Technology is another one that's being used to recognize and understand kind of relationships or patterns in relationships that might exist. Mm-hmm. So yes, the, the the long answer to the short question is is okay. that AI and ML can most certainly <laughs> play a role here.
0: And you know, one thing I want to make clear for the listeners is just an overall typical deployment. What does that look like of MDM? Like how long does it take, and what would companies expect to spend? What what how much is this, is this expensive or, you know, g- give us a rundown.
1: Yeah, um, so the last use case I was talking about, like, you know, tracking the global movement of, of, of money or people or transactions, those are pretty extreme use cases. You're talking kind of about the deep end of the MDM pool. But if you are a one, two, $3 billion company, you have, you know, a, a few thousand customers or a few thousand products or other transactions, um, what the form that MDM typically takes uh, what you can imagine is, is that there are a series of source systems. There are a series of source databases, right? Where there is master data sitting, I gave the example before of a CRM or maybe ERP or maybe a ticketing system, ITSM type system, you you, you name it. There could be customer information or product information, pick your domain, it doesn't really matter, but there's there, there gonna be lots of different source systems. MDM will be typically deployed as a secondary database that sits over top. We can just say kind of over top of those systems, where building an integration to take data out of those source systems and drop it into an MDM hub is, is kind of step number one. So you, you could typically see MDM is, is is inherently a data hub, right? It's, it's kind of a hub of hubs where you take uh, a small subset of data, drop it into the hub where you can apply those consistent business rules. So taking data into an MDM hub and allowing you to answer the question of how many unique customers do we have? What I just described is what we could call more of an analytical style of MDM where what you can imagine is the arrows out of those source systems are just going one way into an MDM hub where you could support like 360 use cases 360 of a customer of a product or of a location where all you're trying to do as a step one is 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 that kind of analytics is all you're trying to do is answer the question of how many products do we have or what do those products look like or what are we charging for those products and on and on. A more advanced style of MDM is where the arrows do come into that MDM hub, where the data comes into the MDM hub, some business rules are applied to that data, and then the arrows go back into the source system, where you would take potentially Joe Smith, J Smith, JJ Smith, and actually create a new single record that is then syndicated back down into those consuming systems. That's what we call more of an operational style of MDM, where you are literally breaking a data silo, creating a new master record, and that record is then being consumed by those source systems, right? We start to get into, again, it's a little bit more of a complex uh, form of MDM because optimally you would stop the ability to create new customer records in those source systems. You'd be deferring to the MDM as a system of record or a system of truth for that data. Uh, but those are the kind of the core styles of MDM. Often companies will start with more of an analytical form, evolve to more of an operational uh, style of MDM over over time. Typically, the deployment can vary, right? The first style, that analytical style, if all you're doing is bringing data into a hub and applying some business roles to it and then maybe layering in some analytics, You're probably talking, you know, two to three months for the average company to do that takes a little bit of time to write those integrations, uh, takes a little bit of time to configure the business rules in the software, but you could you could easily be answering a a kind of a 360 or supporting a 360 use case within two to three months. The operational styles of MDM can take a lot longer. Because what you're talking about is changing business processes, right? What you're you're talking about is you can no longer create a customer record this way. You need to conform to the new way of creating a customer record. And we are gonna use the MDM as a system of record or a system of truth for customer data. When you start changing business processes and saying to people like in sales and marketing, hey, you can't create new customer records in your CRM anymore, that's fairly disruptive and that can take some time to implement. On average, MDM systems take eight to nine months to deploy, but typically what you're gonna see is two to three months on that analytical style and generally, you know, maybe uh, 12 to 18 months on more of an operational style. The cost of software, it can really vary. The biggest driver of cost for MDM software is the amount of data sitting in that hub. So typically the vendors will charge based on how much, how many records are sitting in an MDM hub. 20,000 records will cost an awful lot less than 2 million. Right? But what we typically see across all vendors, all deployments, all styles of MDM, average costs are around 200 to $250,000. Now you can certainly get in for a lot less than that. my company prophecy tends to be one of the more price competitive out there, uh, and, and we're seeing more and more deployments that are sub six figures. But this is not a cheap investment, right? Obviously the number the numbers get pretty can get pretty big. But the business benefit here can be phenomenal, right? There are companies out there that literally today cannot answer the question of how many customers do we have. And if you're serious about digital transformation, if you're serious about the customer experience, If you wanna have a consistent customer experience from brick and mortar to online to customer support, and you wanna have a single consistent, cohesive customer experience, you need to know how many customers you now have. You need to have, and you need to have MDM as a core discipline within your organization. Because if you don't, it drives customers crazy. You've probably experienced it, right? Where you call in to like an 800 number, they don't know who you are, or they don't know that that you had a certain transaction or a certain experience. You you go to a hotel you don't know they don't know that you'd stay there before right I mean the types of ex- the examples of a lack of MDM here we, I could talk for hours about about you know kind of the core customer experience that can can result of companies not having their arms around their customer data
0: yeah it it seems like a major investment that requires a significant amount of time to implement but the actual benefits of implementing it and having it up and running uh, seems to outweigh the cost and um, everything else also just i'm putting my backup and recovery and storage hat on that of course you mentioned a database mdm hub and a database so you're essentially building another set of systems that that you have to manage but i'm thinking of protecting that like it's a major investment it takes time it's another set of systems that are managing all of this data is this something that would require protection, like making sure that that data is backed up, the data that's sitting in the hub is backed up, make sh- making sure that data is protected, making sure it's locked down, making sure it's secure, you know, all of those things?
1: Yes, absolutely. Most certainly. Now, you know, MDM tends to, the overwhelming majority, I mean, 95% plus, you're, you're, topic, you're talking about replicating existing data right. So, so um, that data sitting in a database somewhere, absolutely it's going to need to be protected. And I you know when I've deployed MDM in the past, I've got somebody from OPSEC sitting right there as a part of the operating team to make sure, okay, am I I doing everything the right way, right? Sometimes there can be PII in that data. If you're a healthcare company, right? If you are a a CPG retail company, sometimes, you know, like you've got credit card numbers, you've got other stuff that that needs special care and attention. Right. Uh, It's not uncommon for that data to work its way into an MDM hub because often that data is required for what we call entity resolution. Right, it, it's you know that the, these unique identifiers are, are 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 unique and they're unique to you, but that starts to get into uh, compliance-related you know requirements that you absolutely positively need to manage for. So you know often MDMs can be you know it's very very typical for MDMs to be a source of systems like identity management or or, or access type systems, where they would defer to an MDM for uh, information related to people. Right, that person could be an employee, it could be a login event, or that person could just be a customer as well. But the minute you start talking about, you know, PII, any any sort of, you know, a HIPAA type data or, or other data, yes, there, there there are there can be some very very specific protection and, and access requirements here that need to be managed without a doubt.
0: Yeah, and that that's the first thing that popped up in my head is that yeah, you you are utilizing and replicating data that that is existing, but you know, what if that data is PII or, you know, it, it requires some type of regulation or standard to be applied to it because it's sensitive information and classifying that data. I mean, you, you really have to understand what you are utilizing and, and and what you are analyzing within that MDM hub and just making sure that you are applying those correct rules and, and regulations and you're locking down that data as well. So what, what would you say to a CIO who has been contemplating whether or not to go down this road and implement an MDM system or program, and they're also really privy to some of the digital transformation goals that they have. How would you convince them to get moving on this now versus waiting until, let's say, next year or a year or two from now?
1: It's it's such a good question, and I will answer it with with a bit of a story. Okay. And the story goes back to March of 2020. Right? So you can imagine March of 2020 was a pretty crazy time. We were just on the verge of this global pandemic. There was a lot of uncertainty in the world. Uh, at the time, I was an analyst at Gartner and it was my job to talk to CIOs and CDOs all day, every day about their business priorities, particularly related to MDM and to data governance. And at that time, when things started to go a little sideways, the market crashed in in, in, in late March. I thought for sure that I'd be looking for a job. <laughs> I didn't think anybody would right. want to be talking about data management and MDM and governance and data quality and all of this other boring stuff. Because for years and years and years, those things were were deprioritized. Any any time that there was a talk about a slowdown or a cutback or layoffs or recession, it was, oh, data, yeah, we'll, phase two. We'll, we'll get to that later. We got other stuff that we need to focus on. And I thought for sure that that was yeah, going to happen.
0: And- I also think the great resignation hadn't quite started yet back Correct. then. Yeah, yeah,
1: agreed, <laughs> right? So it, the great resignation even just kind of even put even more uh, pressure and a magnification on this. But what happened Demetrius, was so interesting. So March and April were 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 pretty quiet and and there was a lot of uncertainty in in the market. And but By the time May and June of 2020 started to roll around, what I saw was was that I was I was busier than I'd ever been as a governance and MDM analyst. And what we started to see was companies double down on digital transformation, because what companies figured out really, really quickly was that there were some companies that were really struggling. And there were other companies that were recovering faster, that they were changing their customer experience, building new go-to-market models, building new customer support models, realigning and reconfiguring their supply chain. So there were some companies that were figuring it out and sitting at the core of those digital transformation for those companies was data, right? The metaphor that I use all the time is that just imagine you're driving a car, the, the, the car is the company and you're the CEO and you want to hit the gas pedal and you say, okay, we're gonna run over here. We've been working this way, kind of this is our old school way of working and now we need to work a different way because the market requires it, our customers requirement and this new normal requires it. CEOs and CIOs hit the gas pedal and a lot of the times their cars just didn't respond. They just, they backfired and they sit and sputtered. When that happened, they ended up calling me, the Gartner analyst and saying, wait a minute, we've hit a bit of a brick wall here. We've looked at our data. Right, our supplier data is a mess. Our customer data is a mess. Our product data is a mess. And we are trying to embark on this digital transformation. We're trying to, we're maybe a manufacturer and we want to go more direct to consumer. We don't want to have to rely on middle uh, people in the middle, intermediaries in our value chain. Or maybe we want to have new customer experiences, right? We want to interact with people. We want to sell things directly online. We want to deliver things directly to, to customers that we didn't have to deliver directly to customers in the past. There's so many use cases here, but what I saw in the pandemic was companies started to run to MDM into governance because they viewed rightfully that it was a dependency for effective digital transformations. And that persist to this day. So to your question about what would I tell a CIO, what I would tell a CIO is what I've been telling them for the last two years prior to my current role when I was an analyst, which is if you're serious about digital transformation, then you need to be focused on MDM, right? You need to be focused on customer data, product data, supplier data, because if that data is bad, if it's inconsistent, if it's low quality, if you can't trust it, if you get two different answers to the same question, then you got a problem. And your engine is going to sputter.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard all these different um, acronyms and different sayings about data. Data is the new oil. I mean, we, we were seeing all of these articles about data, right? Because it's digital transformation and literally everything nowadays is you can do a Google search and get access to it really, really quickly. But data is king and data is, is, is the, the number one resource that number one has to be protected. <laughs> number two has to be stored. Number three has to be analyzed or understood, but it may not have to be analyzed because that's what we're still trying to figure out. so what, one other thing I wanted to ask you before I let you go, and it's kind of a, a fun question here uh, you you used to be an analyst, so g- give us a tip like how do we get efficient uh, from that perspective around getting to the the the, the crux of what you're going to to, to write about or speak about or whatever and, and form that into like a cohesive story? I'll
1: give you two answers. Okay. The first, the first answer is, from, from a tip perspective, and I'm going to put on my, I'm a data manager hat,
0: mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and and right.
1: I'm in an organization and I've been tasked to fix this stuff. And, and by the way, data needs to be protected. You need access to it. I would, I would throw away and you need trust in the data and that's where MDM really, really comes in. So, so tip number one is, is that not all data is created equally. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and something that okay. I learned very, very early on when, when I was managing software development teams is, is, is a great way to figure out <clears throat> um, where you should be focused is, is focus on the outputs, right? Look at the outputs and a great way to do this would be to maybe look at reports, mock up what a, what a, what a, what a dream customer report would look like, right? And work backwards from there. What you're going to find, so work backwards from an outcome. Maybe that outcome is analytics. Maybe that outcome is selling more. Maybe that outcome is reducing your costs or reducing your risk from a protection perspective, Uh, but work backwards from that outcome. And what you will find is that you don't have to focus on fixing all processes, all database, all systems, all integrations, all everything. You can working backwards from that outcome will allow you to be very, very user focused on where you focus and where you don't focus. Another way to think about it is to kind of take more of a top-down approach to fixing data problems, right? But what I see data people do is the exact opposite. What I see data people do is they start from the bottom up, right? They'll go and inventory everything. They'll catalog everything. They'll do ERDs for everything. They will do data lineage for everything. They'll have Visio diagrams that are covering entire walls to show you where the data flows, where the data sits, all the diagrams, all the data models, everything. Um, And that's great but months and months and months can go by and you haven't fixed anything. <laughs> so 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 tip number 1 here really is to is to start from the desired end game. Start from what problem you're trying to solve, what outcome that you were trying to solve. Maybe that is a data protection outcome, a risk mitigation outcome, maybe that's a that's a business enablement outcome. We talked about the new oil. So that's that's kind of tip tip number 1 which is, you know, can it be very very practical. Now the, the other thing that, that I love to do is I try to, I, when I was an analyst and even now as, as, a, as an evangelist in the space, I'm trying to figure out where things are going, right? Like um, I, I'm Canadian, so I always use the metaphor of hockey and, and, and where's the puck gonna be, not where it is, right? Or, or where's the ball gonna be, not where it is. And that's the stuff that really kind of gets me excited. I love when you asked about AI and ML, cause there's a, 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 a lot going on there but there's a lot going on in the data space and a lot of things that that hold a lot of promise in in, in the future. So I try to figure out, you know, what are businesses gonna need in three to five to 10 years from now, not what they need right now, right? So there are things that we saw coming out of, maybe even coming out of the pandemic that I, I think are interesting harbingers of the future, right? Sharing more data. Right? We saw a need to share a lot of data coming out of the pandemic, whether that was you know, vaccination status or whether that was like travel type status. There's, 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 what we're seeing from a data perspective is more and more and more sharing or need for sharing where we didn't need to in the past. Right, From a data protection perspective, that that poses some very, very interesting challenges because not only are you trying to protect your data that sits in your data estate, Maybe you're trying to protect data that lives somebody in somebody else's data estate, right? Whether that is a cloud or maybe it's not even your cloud, maybe it's another company's databases. So so, so this is one area like data sharing. I, I see there are things that we've seen coming out of the pandemic and I think we're going to see more and more and more of this. Data sharing is one really interesting uh, application because uh, when it comes to data, we, we know that there are network effects. Me- meaning if we can combine the information that we have about Customer experiences. Maybe even this already exists in the network security world, right? There are companies that are that you would mentioned intrusion detection, and you had mentioned kind of patterns. Companies are out there right now sharing data related to intrusions, right? And trying and trying to understand common uh, patterns of, of 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 bad actors trying to break into corporate networks. That's one example of companies getting together and sharing data. And I think we're going to see more and more and more of that, which is is really, really interesting to me from a a data governance perspective and a data protection perspective and a data management perspective. So the tip is try to think about where things are going right in two to three years from now, because yes, you can can be a data management, you know, professional and just kind of manage databases and manage systems and be very, very good at that. And those things are important, but. If I'm a CIO and I'm hiring somebody, I want somebody who's thinking about where we are, but also thinking about where we want to be.
0: Right, right. I I really love that answer. Uh, Lots of insight there, um, lots of wisdom. I I could listen to you um, shed wisdom all day long. It's kind of of soothing to hear like, wow, this is fascinating stuff and I'm, I'm learning a lot. Makes me want to pick up a book and start reading to learn more about that. Speaking of books, one book recommendation. Anything you're reading right now or a book that you would recommend for the listeners. Oh
1: gosh. I you know what? I, I tend when it comes to, to books, um, I, I tend to to, to to veer away from business. Mm. I am okay. reading one right now called the Growth Mindset. Um okay. that, that I'm that I'm finding fairly interesting. Um, because I think that having some sort of growth mindset and, and, and being
0: That's not, not bad, Dweck.
1: Yes, exactly yeah okay yeah yeah Yeah. exactly so i'm 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 finding i'm finding that one interesting i'm about three quarters of the way through that i I think it's i think it's a pretty good read and it's refreshing uh you know to to say okay you know what we really need you know there is a way that you can train your brain towards growth right Mm -hmm. and trying new things and 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 to kind of bravely go where you maybe hadn't gone before so that may be one good recommendation is something that i'm focused on right now
0: i like it well malcolm it's definitely been a pleasure having you on and uh, i'm sure the Gumbo listeners will walk away with a lot of insights in the MDM master data management space. And maybe one thing that you could provide is what you are you open to being reached out on social media, whether it's LinkedIn. Please
1: connect with me on LinkedIn. OK, so, so, so I, I will connect with you on LinkedIn. If you've got questions about anything that you heard today, you want to dive a little bit deeper into any of these co- uh, topics. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to help.
0: All right. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.